is a scary one, but a nice one. We're going to eat less and do more. Amen. Um, I believe that the Lord has shown us that we've been eating a bit too much and we've been doing a bit too little. And when you do that, you kind of get you kind of get fat and clumsy, don't you? And uh, if you do that in the natural, you just eat and eat and eat. You eat to have energy to be able to do. And even eating in that sense, the natural can become something that it shouldn't be. It, become, it can become all about enjoying what you eat and then we eat too much. And it's the same spiritually when we come to just enjoy and eat. But not because we need this in order to do what we need to do. And I believe that there's a, there's a um, just a little a little shift that the Lord wants to come and bring in our hearts in that way. And where we've we've looked to the experiences of the Christian faith in worship listening to cool sermons, having cool worship. If, if you'd listened to two awesome sermons and you went to intercession and it was great and with the worship on Sunday was awesome, then, then a lot of the time we feel pretty cool and okay with that fact. We're looking for things from the outside because on the inside, the real connection with Jesus there's no real incredible fireworks. And the Lord wants to position us in this year and to take us to a place where we are going to experience Him where the fireworks are going to be from Him and not from the outside in. Amen? Let's send the youth and kids. Like an old woman, just, 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 I'm just not that good with announcements and with kiddies and all that stuff. I just want to do the serious thing. <sighs> Help me. So we're going to eat less and do more. It's going to be fantastic. And you know what happens when you eat less and do more in the natural? You get hungry. When you get hungry, you want to eat more. Because you need it. We want you to be hungry. I want me to be hungry. So we'll do more. So that we can be more hungry. So that when the word comes, we will be like a sponge that needs it. Are you following me? I'm not preaching. I'm just saying. What we will do this morning is um, also not preaching. And I think... uh, I don't want to say too much. Let me not say too much. I'll tell you next week. But um, I'm very excited about a few things that might change. What I have in my heart for this morning is for all of us to take a moment and to just anchor ourselves back into the basics. And we're going we're gonna to look at a few things that, that the enemy wants to come and tell us that these things are extra burdens. Exactly the words that came. It says, these things are extra burdens. It's add-ons. It's more things. 
where it's a lie. It's a lie. The things we're going to speak about, the very basic things of our faith that the Lord wants us to walk in, is His channels of grace. It's like there is a flow from heaven coming down straight to earth, and when you position yourself into that flow, then heaven hits you if you're positioned there. It is a grace. It is a channel of grace. And I want us to look into this year and to just before things get too crazy, to anchor ourselves in some of these channels of grace that there is, the very, the very basics of our faith. So I'm uh, reading a book also right now by a guy called Bill Hull, um, Jesus Christ Disciple Maker is the book's name. And he's an old woman, and this book has been reprinted and reprinted because it has changed so many lives and helped so many churches to grow in disciple making and such a valuable resource. And, and, and him and a couple of other guys, um, all the all, all guys that have studied these things well, have said that if we want to grow in our, in our faith, then there's a, f- a few basic elements that we always just need to focus on. And, and he uses this example, I think I shared this last year, he used this example where he said, well, I, um, when I was a, young, a youngster, I wanted to play professional basketball. So then I practiced how to dribble and how to pass and how to, how to score. Because that's what you need to practice to be able to do this. And then as he grew up, he actually became a semi-professional, I think. He played like college basketball, whatever. And he was playing with these pros. And one day, it hit him. They are still practicing how to pass, how to dribble, and how to score. And the same with use any... Any, any sport, rugby, cricket, if they do the basics well, then you win the World Cup. But if you only want to do the fancy things, then nothing happens because your basics is going to fall apart. And often in our modern era, we don't like the very basics of it. And we underestimate the incredible power that it has because I can assure you the incredible depths that there is in these things ought to be explored that's where life is and we look for the fancy nice things that seems to be it seems like we we sometimes going to a rugby match and we just want to see that awesome move we just want to see what what's the latest move that the guys are trying to do but the ones that really understand the basics well they do well. So I want us to anchor in some of those, and we're going to speak to each other in little small groups about this, and that's something that we'll do a lot more this year. Um, so if you would ask yourself the question, and you say, what, what are the basic elements of our spiritual life? Speak to the person next to you and quickly try to s- just brainstorm what are the basic elements of our spiritual life would you say you can be right or wrong it doesn't matter it's just a brain starter
so some church movements and our church movement and a lot of church movements, we sometimes make bigger things out of some things than what the Bible makes, makes big things out of those things. You know, something like intercession, something like worship leading, or something like tithing, we make it a main thing. And often, when I say, we want to go plant a church, say, okay, where, I, I need a pastor, I need a worship leader, I need intercessor, then we can, we can go because we've got all the basic. But that's not a biblical model. That's just the one that we've kind of come up with and we think works like, uh, you need a worship leader. I mean, then you, uh, well, how are you going to have ch- church if you don't have a worship leader? We're trusting God for a worship leader. I want to trust God for a pastor, a prophet, an evangelist. So, not that those things are less important, but there are other things which sometimes are the, the overarching themes in Scripture that one should look at. And um, after reading up a bit and looking at a few of, of these models, I want us to anchor ourselves in these five very basic things. First, it is prayer. And when you look at these words, most of us would go, yeah, I I do pray. It's fine. I understand prayer. I know prayer. I come to intercession. But if you would go and study what prayer is and what prayer can be and where you can actually, actually delve to with prayer, you'd realize, I'd rather spend hours here than anywhere else. And the same with the word, well, like prayer, it says pray without ceasing. What book and chapter does it say pray without ceasing? Who knows? On Thessalonians 5. Word, the word of God, to meditate on it day and night. I was wrestling this holiday so much with, I'm I want to read so many other things, but yet I cannot write you an accurate summary of what Obadiah was all about and why. And that's the word of the Lord, um, and the riches of it sustains us. So we are called to meditate on it day and night. Do we do that? Do you do that? Where's that scripture? Meditate on it day and night. Joshua Moy. Then um, we were a little bit naughty in this, but um, when when I told Jock about this model, we're going to use this in disciple making this year also. Um, but uh, the model actually says there are four components: uh, prayer, word, fellowship, and witness. Because then everything is co- is kind of covered in there. Um, and then Jock, in his wisdom, said, "What about rest?" And I was like, wow. It blew me away, and I truly believe that maybe only prophetically for us right now, but Sabbath rest is something we need to take hold of and understand also. So we were a bit naughty by making our list um, to have rest in there also. Where's the scripture that says, be diligent to end his rest? Hebrews, what chapter? Moe. You guys read your Bibles. 
And then fellowship. I've been doing a little bit of work on this. Fellowship. We often say we're going to have fellowship outside after the service, right? I haven't had a lot of, I've had a lot of nice, nice times out there. But I haven't had a lot of fellowship out there. You know that fellowship is an, it's informal mostly or semi-formal, but it's a, a gathering around a specific common interest. So if you're going to have fellowship, it could be about rugby, but then it's a rugby fellowship. And then you would speak about rugby. So when we fellowship, have like playing frisbee, the fellowship of the frisbee, um, there can be fellowship in it, but we need to take hold of this concept of what fellowship is. And the first church in Acts chapter 2 said they devoted themselves to blah, 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 and to fellowship. We need to be anchored and rooted and ask ourselves, how are we positioning ourselves so that we have fellowship where we are engaging with each other around the Lord and His ways? And then witness. You will be my witnesses. Where does that, where is, you will be my witnesses in the Bible? Where does that stand? Acts 1 verse 8. I've got an um, old family Bible at, at our house where and my great-great-grandfather was a elder in the church with Andrew Murray. And then when I first heard this and, and I saw this um, study Bible, or this like, it looks like a study Bible, but it's actually just a little massive Bible. And I heard that he was, and, and I opened the Bible and I see there's, there's a lot of like inscriptions made. And I thought to myself, what would Andrew Murray have preached on? Like, where could he have made an inscription about a sermon from Andrew Murray? And I thought to myself, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, definitely. And I went there and there it was, like Andrew Murray on the, like this day, 1910, da-da-da-da-da. Amazing. Anyway, that's just a random add-on. You don't have to pay me for that. So what we're going to do is we're going to look on the next slide. I just made a quick summary of each. Um, you're actually just going to look at this for a while, and you're going to ask yourself, where am I at? Where am I at? Where do I want to? Where where do I want to be at? Where am I at? Where do I want to be at? And trust the Holy Spirit to just highlight one thing and say like, okay, so if if we're speaking prayer, where am I at? Where do I want to be at? So so that would determine what you would want to grow in, and then say. So what can I do specifically to grow in this? What can I practically do? What can I practically do? And then the last part is that you have to be accountable and tell someone that you're going to do something by this specific date or whatever and be accountable to it in some way. But around prayer, I mean, there's so much to it. It's, any, it's two-way communication between us and the Lord to commune with Him just like daily commune, maybe that's something praise and worship would fall under that category because it's you speaking to him and him speaking to you, asking him supplication, intercession, listening to him, just meditating, waiting to be filled with his word, spiritual warfare, or just praying in tongues without ceasing.
Have you all got something on, on prayer? Because we're going to do more than eat, so you're going to uh, have to share that with someone right now and be accountable to it. Cool. Next one is enough, the Word of God. The written Word. You can read it. Sometimes I I read a lot of it because I want to get through a book, but I don't meditate on it. I don't let it fill me up. I don't obey it necessarily. I think it's a great revelation, but I just continue on. Making making time to really st- uh, study the Word. Maybe that's something, or maybe memorizing. Like um, There's an amazing sermon by a guy called Nudia, where he actually brings his sword to church to try to force you to memorize scripture. It's a really good sermon, but it's a great idea to memorize. So what is it that you could grow in and anchor yourself in the word? Do you have, do you have something? And rest. What is rest? What on earth is rest? So there's a spiritual rest which Jesus Christ established for us because of his completed work. We don't need to work to earn his love or his grace. So we must position ourselves and understand and return to that place the whole time where we unburden, unburden, unburden and praise him, unburden and praise him and walk in his rest and when there's no anxiety when there's anxiety we bring the anxiety before him and he fills us with his amazing peace not as the world gives but his his peace but then to to a sabbath rest there's also a very practical thing there's also a very practical thing where the lord said from the beginning he rested for one day a week and then he told the guys guys rest one day a week work for six days rest for one day um, it was made a law, and I think if it isn't made a law, and if you don't make it a law to yourself, then we tend to not rest. So just just God in his great mercy just made it a law that you shall rest and do nothing and have a great time. <laughs> okay? It's, it's, it's a lot like tithing in a sense, where in the new covenant there's no law that says you must do that. Or you must tithe or you must Sabbath. But if you would take the concept to the Bible and try to see, but, but how, does, how does giving look like? Or how does resting look like? You would find this beautiful principle from the Lord, which is rest one day out of seven. Me and Renel would, uh, would, would do this um, when before we were in, full-time ministry as we are now where we've got Fridays off did you know we got Fridays off if you didn't know that's our off day that's amazing because then you're all at work nobody bothers us there's no family things going on and we just have time with Jesus and jogging and everything so we've got a set Sabbath day Um, that's why some of you have asked me for to do something on a Friday, which is more ministry related, and then I always try to kind of get around it because we try not to do anything. But before that, I, I remember we would have a meeting on Sunday evenings to plan the week, and the first thing we would plan is when is our Sabbath going to be this week? So 
because there's a lot of things that happens over a weekend, but maybe it can be from Friday afternoon when we get home till Saturday afternoon when we have to leave for that other thing. Or maybe it can be from Saturday morning till Saturday evening. Or maybe it can be from Saturday evening till Sunday evening. Or maybe it can be the whole of Sunday. What can work this week in order for us to honor this? And the fruits are just amazing. The fruits are incredible. I, Like I told you when we... Um, at the last service, end of last year, I was standing here, and I just experienced the presence of the Lord and, 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 His, and His grace as I realized, because we've been honoring this principle so diligently this whole year, I am so rested. I'm so rested. End of last year, I felt like I'm feeling right now. I didn't, I didn't feel I need to go and crash somewhere. Because the order, if you keep the order of God in your life, then He sustains us. How are we honoring that? Next one is fellowship and intentional, informal, and semi-formal interactions with believers about God. So it, it has to be Christ-centered. So yes, we, um, we, we do fun stuff together. I would just be careful to call any fun thing with believers fellowship but that we should intentionally engage in fellowship is very important and for that to be informal for most of you I know this and for myself I know this the, the most formative thing in my life has been to chat with friends through the night about the gospel, about Jesus about church, about scriptures about, uh, about doctrines about those things also in this holiday like we me and oh just like hours what should church be what should what should we do with this da, 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 da. how should you raise your kids that's fellowship where you delve and that's really like in my life i would really say it's the most formative thing that i've ever ever been a part of so discipleship who are you discipling who's discipling you we're going to grow in that a lot this year it's a question if i throw it out at you right now you'd be like how does it work who must do what must i say i disciple you must you say i want you to disciple me must we all get into discipleship groups must we do it one-on-one what the heck is discipleship we're going to look at this theme a lot because that's what we need to be doing and the enemy has been throwing a lot of confusion around it accountability um i'm speaking a bit much but Next week, we are going to look at the results from the survey that you guys filled in at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. And there was one question that says, um, are you slotted into a well-functioning accountability group? And it went up from 46% to 64%. It was one of the highest ones. And 29 out of the 30-odd questions all went, went up. So I had a fantastic holiday reflecting on that um, anyway so then I said social in brackets because sometimes we do social things that's not fellowship but those those real intentional chaos we have where we just and we start talking about the Lord it should be informal it should just happen um, we should look for that and, and, and when we do have Christian friends we should make sure that our the time we spend together is on we don't waste that time where we could have had that time in the presence of the Lord with the Lord and 
actually going somewhere. Because sometimes we've got Christian friends and we do a lot of stuff together, but we hardly ever engage in fellowship. Um, for someone like Nudia, that's impossible. And Alice also. Then small group also, if you're not slotted into a small group, not slotted into how church functions. I mean, small group is probably the best example of fellowship because that's what intentionally what we do. We could call it fellowship groups also. Um, and then the last one is witness. Um, wanted witness in the workplace. We spent a lot of time on it last year going on missions. We're going to do two, I think, three international missions and a heck of a lot of local missions this year. I hope you're ready because it's going to be crazy. Um, and maybe that's something you need to start like engaging in every day mission, the following of the Lord's, of the Lord's prompting to pray for someone, touch someone, heal, um, just to be with Him and have an open heart. Maybe that's something to be a witness in your, f- in your family. The Lord can do amazing things um, in there. And then uh, also to grow in, in operating in the um, power and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if we can just quickly in silence run through those five things again. Juan, uh, then just have a look because you're going to discuss this now for the next half an hour. Because we're going to eat less and do more. So have a look at prayer. If you have something, put up your hand. Say, I'm ready to move to the next slide. Only... Only five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, that's enough. Next slide. Word. If you have something to, that you would like to cry, you can just put up your hand, then we can see how quickly we can move on. That's enough. Next one. Rest. Hands are just going to go boom. <laughs> that's enough. Next. Fellowship. That's enough. Next witness. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Good. So how does it feel when I don't preach a good sermon? Did you enjoy it? Because you're going to get a lot of it this year. We don't want to tingle your ears. I had some cool sermons last year. If you want to go listen to some cool sermons, there were a few. I listened to some of them. I'm like, yes, sir. That's good. Huh? The one in March, yeah. In March, I preached the good one. Um... Anyway, so we're gonna, you're going to make a group of three now. If you have to, you can do four, but it's going to take long. And we're going to do a lot more of this this year to make things real. Okay? And um, 
You're going to discuss these things and tell them what are the things you want to anchor in your life this year. How do you think you can do this practically? And here you can help each other. Because some of you would be in the Lord for longer. You might have some insights, other not, whatever. Help each other to do this practically. And then we should have a culture with, with things like this. It's not only in my very exclusive accountability group where we do accountability, but whenever me and you have a conversation about something, you say, I want to grow more in this. And you can actually have a conversation and say, so set a reminder. I'm going to set a reminder on my phone now for next month on the 13th, and it's going to go off. And I'm, when it's going off, I'm going to send you a message and ask you, how's it going? Okay? A great accountability culture that, that moves even beyond our accountability group. So then you are going to find a way in which you can be accountable to each other um, to grow in this. Is that cool? On your marks. Let's get set, go.